How's it going, guys? I uh, just finished watching episode 5 of Star Wars Andor on Disney+. And uh, I thought I would share my thoughts on the show so far. And then you probably won't hear from me again until um, until the show's over. You know, because I haven't been doing this week to week like I do other shows. So, um... I'll probably just wait and do it after the whole thing's over. But I figure, as much as I talk about Star Wars on the channel, I'm sure some people are probably wondering, why aren't you talking about Andor at all? And honestly, I don't know. I just have forgotten to, I guess. Had a lot going on since Andor uh, started in my personal life. And by the time I started... By the time new shows started coming out, like Handmaid's Tale, the new season, and uh, and stuff like that, I just yeah, I just I, I just haven't started it. So that out of the way, the next thing to say is obviously, if you have not been watching the show, you might want to come back after you've watched Andor yourself, because there's going to be spoilers. I'm going to be talking about the show, so you know, just. Warning, just spoiler warning. That out of the way, let's talk about Andor. So, obviously, when the show dropped, it dropped with three episodes. And, oh my god. Just from those first three episodes, I knew that this was going to be a phenomenal show. Um, I'm trying to be more serious and more thoughtful about my words because honestly, if I if I think about it too much, I will get a little bit emotional because just to be blunt with it, this is the kind of Star Wars that I thought we would be getting when Disney bought Lucasfilm. Um, This is everything that I've been hoping for. I mean, honestly. And look, I will still praise The Last Jedi until the cows come home. And same for The Mandalorian. But let's not fool ourselves. Force Awakens has its issues. The Rise of Skywalker definitely has its issues. You know... Boba Fett is my favorite character, but the book of Boba Fett was not great, to be kind. And Obi-Wan Kenobi, while it had its high points and its low points, it really was a miss compared to what Obi-Wan Kenobi could have been. And I still really enjoyed Obi-Wan Kenobi, but even I acknowledged that that was not the show that I was hoping it to be. It wasn't. This is the first time that I'm watching something and I go, wow. Just genuinely, wow. It, it's, uh, and it, and it's interesting because while I was never down on the concept of Andor like a lot of people were, because I mean, if you've been around in the Star Wars community, you know what people 
said back when they announced Andor, oh, why do we do this? We know what happens to him in Rogue One. We know he dies. Like, why do we care? Why do we need this show? And I was never one of those people. I was like, no, I think there's a way that you can do the story right. But it still was, out of all the shows they announced, it was still lower on the list. You know, admittedly. But I'll be damned. It is not even a question. This is the best thing that they've done. The way Tony Gerwai has directed these episodes and the way that Dan Gilroy has written the episodes. Or I might have gotten reversed. I can't remember. It might have been Dan that directs and Tony. I don't know. It's it's Tony and Dan Gilroy. They both they're both a part of it. Um but it's just it's brilliant. You know. Um I love the slow burn of the first three episodes. I know for a lot of people, I saw reactions on Twitter that it was a little bit too slow for a lot of people. For me, I thought it was perfect. I want to get, I want to sit in this universe. I want it to not be so fast paced. I want to live in this realm. And I think that's what this show does so well. It gave us character moments and it really let us build and get to know people, you know, and really lead up to something that mattered, you know. Um, but obviously, we got to talk about the elephant in the room. The, the the easily the best thing about this show, other than the acting, is the practical sets. Um, because here's the thing. Um, the volume is great technology. And I can't wait to see the industry get to the point where we really see the volume be used properly. Because I do think there is a place and a time for it. And not to give any specifics away, but I believe it was episode two or three of House of the Dragon. Warner Brothers has their own... They don't call it the volume, they call it something else, but they have their own version of the volume that they used for one of their episodes. And you could not tell. You couldn't. You could not tell that it was the volume. They used it brilliantly. Disney, on the other hand, has not found that sweet spot yet. You know? Um... And I think they will, eventually. I think they will. I think... And I'm not even mad about the volume stuff not working out in a lot of the shows. Like, a lot of people are. Like, it bugs me, but it doesn't bother me. It doesn't, like, take away from the show for me. It's just, oh, I wish that looked better. You know? Because I understand the mind that John Favreau has and a lot of the other people that are working on Star Wars. They really do want to see how far you can push this technology. And the only way to do it is to try shit. And so I'm not mad if they do it and it looks crappy because then they know the next time they do it, oh, well, you know, we won't do that again, you know? So I'm a little bit more forgiving than some people are, but it still is one of those things where they haven't found that sweet spot yet, you know? And I think House of the Dragon, to go back to that for a second had the advantage of seeing at least 
the first two seasons of Mandalorian, probably since they've maybe even book of Boba Fett. Who knows? Because um, I don't know exactly when they started filming for House of the Dragon, but I'm sure they saw how the technology was used with those shows, and I'm sure the people working said, "Well, we don't want to do that. <laughs> we don't want to do that. We want to be better than that." So, yeah, and they were. And the way they use it in House of the Dragon is great. I won't give any context, but basically there's a scene in House of the Dragon where there is a wide shot of a moment. Um, and it takes place on a bridge. I won't say what characters are there or whatnot, but there are dragons flying around. But then on the close-up of this scene... It's all in the volume. When you're up close with the characters on the bridge and the moment that happens, that's not a practical set. That's the volume. Or their version of the volume. You can't tell. You cannot tell it's the volume. It's amazing. That's what I want to see Star Wars start to do with the volume. There are places to use it and there's places not to. The thing that I love about Andor the most is the visceral, real feel of it and none of the other not even Mandalorian none of the other shows have that feel there are moments of Mandalorian that have that feel and I think a lot of those moments are I would say arguably the majority of those moments are in season one especially the first three or four episodes I would say because after that it's very volumey very 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 volumey um, obviously Diego Luna is fucking spectacular um, you know seeing him play this um, what's the what's the word I'm looking for I guess I'll just say it this way this earlier version of the character this not you know this more gritty version of him you know um already even without seeing how this story comes to a close because we gotta wait until the end of season 2 for that but even though we still got a ways to go before the this part of the story is over you can already start seeing the gap between where we are in the timeline now to Rogue One close and that's it's just brilliant. It's it really is paying off all of the acting choices and the way he was directed in Rogue One, and it makes me love his character. Not that I didn't like his character before, because I I loved Cassian Andor as a character, but it's making me love him that much more as a character, um, and it makes me love Diego Luna that much more too, you know. Um, Obviously, I'm a huge Stellan Skarsgård fan. Seeing him in Star Wars is mwah, muy, muy amazing. You know, I, I love it. Um, I love the stuff that we got with with um, with um, Mon Mothma. She is fantastic in this role. The actress playing her is amazing. And even though we've had like three or four different people playing her at this point in the franchise she fits in 
perfectly with everyone else. I believe that all of these women are the same person. She she's just she's brilliant in the role. Um I I, I love the supporting cast. I'm really fascinated by this pseudo imperial officer guy. Like he's such an interesting um foil that I don't know what to think about him yet. I think the actor's doing a great job, but I don't really know what to make of the character yet so far in the show. He's he's interesting, we'll say. Um I'll say more to that once the whole show is over and we know more, but that's all I can really say about him is he's he's interesting. Um but just before I started doing the podcast, I finished the new episode from earlier today that, that came out on Wednesday. And it's it's just another it's another bang up episode. It's just we're five episodes in and this show shows exactly what's possible when effort is put into something and a clear vision, a clear vision. Let me re-say that one last time. A clear vision. You know. Um, you know, this isn't what this is about. This is supposed to be about Andor. But I'm just going to say it. I genuinely think if Colin Trevorrow had been allowed to do his Duel of the Fates script as a film, even though Lucasfilm didn't want to recast Leia... And even though there were there were still things you had to figure out, if he would have made that movie, you still would have had people that didn't didn't like it because when it comes to Star Wars or Marvel or any franchise like this, you're gonna have the naysayers, and some of the naysayers are gonna be honest and they just don't like it. Some of them are just gonna be detractors because fucking people are assholes. But I think the vast majority of people would have been like, yeah, that's a satisfying ending to the Skywalker saga as we know it right now. But because we didn't get that, we got Rise of Skywalker, and Solo was disappointing, and, you know, the Book of Boba Fett isn't what we want it to be, and Obi-Wan Kenobi was kind of a letdown. And again, and in none of these shows is it the act, the actors, and that is the one thing I will give Star Wars right now. Like, even, even the sequel trilogy... Everybody is acting their ass off. It's not any of the people in front of the camera's fault. It's the production side of things. Andor and The Last Jedi have been... Well, and Rogue One have been the best. And, I'll even, and I'd even be willing to put Last Jedi in last place. If you're someone who wants to put Rogue One in the number two spot, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. To me, it's splitting hair, so that is completely fair. But those are the three best things that have come out so far. Top three. And then really close by and forth is Mandalorian. But, you know... You know, they don't they don't follow the books as closely as they promised they would. You know, I mean, yeah, the last season of Clone Wars was great. Bad Batch was fun, but it's not great. You know, I'm really excited for Tales of the Jedi. You know, I'm super excited for Skeleton Crew. Supposedly we're going to be getting that soon, hopefully. 
you know, we got Ahsoka on the way that I'm super excited for. But it's like, honestly, Andor is so good. If these shows and these new upcoming things don't live up to how good Andor is, I honestly don't know what I'm going to think about them. Because when I say it, tell you that in my opinion, Tony Gilroy has set the bar so fucking high with Andor, it's not even a joke. Like, he has set the bar so high for what Star Wars can be. You know? And it's like, look, I totally get If you are somebody that's watching Andor and you think, and you don't like the pacing of the show, maybe it's a little bit boring to you, you gotta give me at least this. And you gotta at least agree with me on this. The practical sets. The practical effects. The fact that they're not using the volume at all. Gilroy came out and said officially that there's not a single scene in Andor where they use the volume. It is all either on a stage or practical set. And it shows. And it looks amazing. It looks real. And like I said at the beginning of this, it looks visceral. That's what Star Wars needs. Is that real, dirty, lived-in feel. That's what makes Star Wars so great. Now look, for planets like Coruscant and the more city-centric places, yeah, sure, use the volume. Use different things. because You're going to be using some form of green screen or blue screen like that no matter what. But whenever and wherever you can use practical sets... It's a fucking must at this point. Because Andor shows it. there is such a clear difference. You can see the difference with your eyes. If you pull up on one, on one device, Andor, and then you pull up on another device, The Mandalorian, or Obi-Wan Kenobi, or Book of Boba Fett, it looks different. It doesn't look the same. And look, everybody wants to crap on the sequels. But look at the sequels. They had practical sets in the entire film franchise. You see the difference practical sets. It looks beautifully. Even people that hate The Last Jedi will come out have said the movie looks beautiful. There is something to be said about practical sets. And that is the thing that I keep walking away from with this show. is how much I miss that with Star Wars. And, like, literally, episode 5 got over. And I literally applauded. I'm sitting in my room. It's, like, almost 3 o'clock in the morning. There's no one awake. There's no one around. But I fucking applauded. I clapped. Because it just, it left me with this feeling of, this is just so good. And I love that for Star Wars. I've been wanting this for so long. So, I that is that is my thoughts on Andor. I, I fucking love this show. I think everybody's doing a great job. Um, the directing, the story, I'm in all the way. Um, hopefully, hopefully all of you guys listen to this like it as much as I do. And if you don't, man, that sucks. Hopefully by the end of the show, you'll uh, you'll be on board. But 
if not, then I get it, because not everything is for everyone, you know, but this is absolutely for me. Um, I'll have to get to the end of season two before I'm, I, I'll be even close to ready to rank where I put it on the ranking scale, you know, um, because look, you guys know me, Boba Fett's my favorite character, I'm a sucker for Mandalorian culture, so even though Andor is the best Star Wars show, and it probably will still be that by the end of season two, the Mandalorian's probably still my favorite show of the Disney Plus shows, just, you know, like, I can't pretend otherwise, but I don't know, we'll have to see if Andor actually manages to make me go, you know what, Andor's my favorite show, I would love that. I would love that. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Still, right now, Mandalorian is number one for me. Even with everything else that I've said. Just because, man, I'm a sucker for, I'm a sucker for Mando. I can't help it. But man, this show is so good. I wish every Star Wars show that came out was this good. And honestly, I think Mandalorian Season 3 is going to come close to this. If it actually is as good as the trailers make it look I think Mando season 3 is going to be great so we'll just have to see Star Wars I hope is finally getting to a good place again I hope crossing my fingers thank you for listening everybody I appreciate it a lot and I will see you in the next podcast peace out